All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 258 of the DFO Rundown. Jason Greger brought to you by Botano.ca. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at 19 plus. And man, hey, another uh, Thursday nighter in the NFL. You have uh, some interesting games in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Jets are playing great. Uh, the Orders suddenly have won some games. So who do you like in that one? And many more. Whatever you like, play it at botano.ca. As we uh, welcome in Frank Saravalli. As uh, I see the Eagles helmet, uh, they don't lose right now. So uh, that'd be a, a team you might want to bet at Botano to, uh, to win because they are rolling. Frankie, how you doing? They got a big one on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the game of the year. We'll see. Oh. Um, going to need you to take off your hat. Let's get a little view on the camera here. But it looks awful. Like, it's, yeah. uh, Look at that. It's terrible. I, I, you know, I've seen your show. I, I tune into your show every day just to check out, is he wearing a hat or not? And I think it's a little bit of a violation. If you lose the bet, at least on air, you should have to, you know, go without a hat. But I wear, I wear in public. If you're out with your family, whatever it might be, like you feel free. But it feels a bit like a violation to make the bet and then wear a hat all the time. Well, I only wore a hat on Monday this week. I didn't wear a hat yesterday or Tuesday. But I have a headset on. So when I have have the headset on, which I need, you can't really see it as much. But it it is starting to pop out the sides more. The sprouts are looking terrible. So it's. I uh, also like that you've got the beard going at the same time. Maybe it just kind of blends in. Well, that that, was part of the beard. I had the beard before, but uh, yeah, trust me, it won't be shading. I'm going to grow it out as long as I can. So hopefully that's a distraction. Mm. Yeah, I like You're the, getting close though. You're getting closer to five wins in a row. That No, you know, see, you know, see, that's the problem. Like Connor Halley, my producer, when he threw that bone out after the fact, I was like, oh, that's great. But all it is, it's like a kick to the nuts because we know what's going to happen. They'll win four and then they'll lose the fifth one. And then you just start over and you're just like, well, now I had hope for no reason. So but you still have to go three months anyway. Yeah, I know. But th- hey, trust me, Frank, three months instead of six months. That sounds like a like I've never been to it's jail. Like get out of jail free. Oh, my yeah. God. I could just imagine if all of a sudden you had a reduced mm-hmm. sentence. You'd just feel like, you know, a breath of fresh air. So, yeah, the the hope is there. But I uh, I'm very I'm very skeptical of a five game winning streak at any point. So mm, I'm not. 
They're going to win five in a row. They're going to win eight or 10 in a row at some point. Well, the way Connor McDavid's playing, yeah, they might. McDavid is absolutely. It's amazing, Frank, to watch a player who's as dominant as McDavid is that even he, because once he scored that goal in Florida on a one-timer, it was like the next shift he was shot out of a cannon. And confidence is a factor even for the greatest player on the planet. I also think injury has been a factor. You know, depending on who you talk to, people think McDavid has been somewhere around 50% the last few weeks. At 50, that's a pretty small number. And look, you and I were at the Heritage Classic. We stood there on the glass and watched him in practice. And I'm like, man, he's moving so well. I think once he came back, there was probably a little bit of adrenaline that wore off that also left him back in a spot where he's like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be playing. But he's such a competitor and knew where the team was at in the standings that probably felt like he had no choice. It might've been like McDavid's pretty tight lipped. and He's never wanted to use an excuse, but he did. He used the word him and I've had a few conversations. Um, He's going into the uh, Canadian walk of fame this weekend. And uh, we were talking about that and some other things. And, you know, he's mentioned confidence a few times without being asked. And so, because you saw him, there was times where he was just mishandling the puck and making passes that he normally makes in his sleep. So, you know, that obviously helps when I don't don't care what your team is. When you have a player who who gets uh, 12 points in three games, your uh, your odds of winning are going to increase significantly. So, um, you know, the orders, they got to figure out their goaltending, but there's lots of other, uh, you know, there's other interesting storylines around the league, Frank. Um, the Boston Bruins, um, for the first time in like forever, are, are struggling defensively. And, and I'm curious to see if this is just a small blip or if it's maybe the uh, the center ice position is slowly starting to show itself in Boston, maybe. Hmm. It's a good question. I mean, part of it is it's all kind of worked cohesively. I don't think it's just the center ice position. The defense has been so good in front of them and the goaltending has been so good to see some of those numbers plummet a bit. Um, not all that surprising given how high they were, but the Bruins and the, and the whole system has been almost airtight. Yeah. And these last five games, we're kind of starting to see it's it's maybe a little bit more than five games. We're starting to see some cracks in that, you know, kind of going back seven games now, giving up five, five, four, three. Uh sorry. It's you're right. Uh it's five. Five yeah. games. Yeah. Five games. Five one, five, seven, five. Yeah. And and the thing is for like, you know, they gave up five to Columbus and five to Detroit. Now the Rangers are pretty good. They gave up seven there, five to Tampa Bay. It's just, yeah. When you give up five goals, four times when I don't think like they gave up five once in, in their first, um, uh, what would that be? Uh, 16 games. So, and that's just what they've done really for a whole calendar year. It was probably maybe unrealistic to expect them to be that good defensively in a time where there's more goals, right? Like you look at the, the league average and say percentage right now, Frank, I think is like nine Oh three. So um, we, a lot of us have to adjust, you know, when people talk about nine fifteen say percentage, like, 915 save percentage, man. <laughs> you're you're uh, you're elite almost now. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like the league average is like between 901 and 903. Yeah. And so um five, eight yeah. years ago, 914 or 915 yeah. was the league average. And it's great to see, to be honest. And I remember when all these, oh yeah, the goalies are way better. I'm like, uh, maybe. Maybe, but also I think it's, you look at systems and the amount of quality shots you're allowed. Teams have really attacked more east to west now than they ever have before. Uh, you know, it's harder on goalies uh, in game to, to push and side to side, which is, I think, why it's even more imperative to have two decent goalies for your team because they just get worn down in the style of play today. You just can't have guys play too much. Like gone are the days of Marty Brodeur playing 70 games because look at his 70 games. A, face 20 shots a night. And lots of times he barely had to move because New Jersey, like they played a really good system, not taking anything away. Broder's elite goalie. Don't get me wrong, but you didn't have to uh, exert as much energy and goal then as you do now. Let's talk about the Detroit Red Wings. Patrick Kane Kane this week. He's about seven to 10 days away from making his season debut. 
probably could have played now, but wants a couple practices to get acclimated. Definitely weird seeing him in the all red of the Red Wings, his third original six team. He's halfway there. Um, I feel a lot better today after the Patrick Kane signing in declaring the Detroit Red Wings a playoff team. Ooh. Hmm. Not saying it's a lock, just saying that I thought they maybe had a tenuous grip on it. And it's mostly just because I'm a believer in Kane. I think Kane, I'm going to make you a bet right now. I think Kane scores at an 85-point pace or better to close out the year. Well, by I love Patrick Kane, uh, when, I, when you look there, um, up until his hip injury, he was kind of like a little bit of a freedom fighter in, in Chicago. Like, if you look at the top 10 scorers in the league, you had lots of duos, and then there's Patrick Kane. And there was no one really close around him uh, who had been there the whole time in Chicago. And he is he's a dynamic player. He's so creative. I still think when he has the puck on a stick in the offensive zone, he's top three most dangerous players. You got like you see, he backs off guys and he circles. Remember, he'll start low and he circles back towards the blue line, and mm-hmm. guys are just like, "Oh my God, what's he going to do?" So, yeah, he'll add things like Detroit. I really think their division's tough because there's Boston, Florida, Tampa, and uh, and Toronto. But I look at the Metro and after New York and Carolina, right? Like New Jersey's probably going to come on. But then mm-hmm. that means they have to beat out Washington, Philly, and the Islanders to get the wild card spot. And I definitely think Detroit's very capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, who they have to fend off is is, you know, Pitt and maybe the Islanders. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's who they're competing against, right? Yeah, like if now Buffalo, maybe like I. Like Tage Thompson, I haven't seen an update on his injury and how long he's going to be out. But obviously, the longer he's out, I think that hurts them. But the cap, he's only probably, yeah. Well, the cap. Hey, I'll give this to Washington. They went into L.A. last night, Frank. Now, granted, Charlie Lindgren was excellent again, and they won a game with 15 shots on goal. Now they're not Tampa scoring eight times on 15 shots, but they won two to one, and Charlie Lindgren was outstanding. And, uh, you know, I, I give the Capitals credit. Like, they're winning games, Frank, that they really don't have any business winning because their goaltending so good. Yeah. It's – to go back to Kane for a second, like, I, I was – I don't know if you heard his interview on TNT, but I thought it was really interesting that he couldn't get Detroit out of his mind. Like, he said, every time I'd meet with another team or think about going to another place, he said Detroit was always in his heart. And I thought that was fascinating. I, I just think watching the videos – talking to people who have seen him train like they think he's turned back the clock a number of years. And I don't think he's going to be 105 or 110 point player, although I'd never rule it out. If you think back to even last year, basically playing with one hip, he was still at 0.7 points per game. Oh, I know. Like how often do you get to add an, you know, again, an 85 point player in the middle of your season for nothing. And could you make the argument, Frank, that this almost is like adding two players for Detroit? Because I know he got off to a red hot start, but Alex DeBrincat has really slowed down. But now you put DeBrincat back with Kane, because I know they're going to, like, I would assume that's like, you'd be foolish not to play them together, that that gets DeBrincat back. Because he was started like a house on fire. We obviously knew yeah. that wasn't sustainable, but you know he hasn't done much here. You know he's he's like he's on like a twenty four, twenty five goal pace here the last fourteen games. Well, all of a sudden now you bring in Patrick Kane. He scored forty goals with Kane. They like playing with each other. Like it it makes was, a lot of sense. That was a sign that I missed and probably should have paid closer attention to the reporting process of this because I think when he first met with them, part of the discussion was. Well, I, you know, Alex DeBrinkett and I have great chemistry and, and not only that, but we're really close friends. I would like the opportunity to play with him. And I think the Red Wings at that point in time were looking at the production from DeBrinkett, Larkin and Lucas Raymond saying, well, hold on a second here. We can't guarantee that we're going to break up that line. 
and it's a week ago. And yeah, Dylan Larkin has been banged up, but it's a week ago that that line is no longer together. Yeah. And so Derek Lalonde hinted at the possibility of Debrinkit, Larkin, and Kane playing together, which would make Lucas Raymond the odd man out. Either way, I think the stone cold mortal lock to start is Kane and Debrinkit, and we'll see where it goes from there. Oh, yeah. I think you have to. Like, Debrinkat has three goals in his last 14 games, which is not awful, but. You know, it's not close to a to a 40 goal pace, not even a 30 goal pace. So, you know, he, obviously I know, hey, you go streaky. He's still got 12 goals in 21 games, which is excellent. He's on pace for 40. But I look at Debrinkat and I just think, man, that gives Detroit. And when you add an elite player for nothing, Frank, that's the other thing. This is not like a trade. This yeah. is an in-season. That's what I was saying. Here we go. He it's rounds huge. out their top six. Like, yeah. now no offense to Michael Rasmussen, the big guy who's come on at times. But you bump him down a notch or a line, and all of a sudden things just look different. Oh, yeah. I, I'm still, I still think this is a fascinating bet for Kane. Like for me, I, I don't know what exactly his thought process was in terms of, you know, the Red Wings check a lot of boxes, right? It's close to Chicago where he makes his home. Um, the Debrinket connection, Steve Eiserman courting him, Derek Lalonde really liked his strategy and X's and O's. Like, all of that's there, but I still think his best chance to win a Stanley cup this year was in Florida and to play with Alexander Barkov. That was their pitch was like, come play with Sasha Barkov. One of the few players on the planet who can think the game like you, that would be pretty enticing, be hard to pass up. And it's in Florida. And then the other one that I think a lot of people have wondered about that I think Hearing Kane talk and say that Detroit was in his heart, um, maybe less of a factor. But what if Buffalo and Detroit were switched in the standings? Would he feel different about Buffalo today than he did? Well, they're only three points apart, right? Right, but Detroit's sort of been in a playoff spot for the last number of weeks, whereas Buffalo 10 days ago is toward the bottom of the East standings. Yeah, no. Uh, no, that's fair, right? And I just, yeah, there's got to be something else that, um, you know, you mentioned original six, Frank, and and maybe for Kane, it, you know, sometimes going home isn't, not everybody wants to go home, right? Well, so, he doesn't, so I don't think he owns a house in Buffalo anymore. So I know, but still, yeah. he's from that area, right? Yeah, so, right. right. So it's not you. I uh, think there was definitely a family poll, you know, a sort of, hey, Buffalo would be pretty awesome. And the other thing I, I that I think would have to be tempting about Buffalo, he turned down multi-year deals. He might have been able to go to Buffalo and end his career there. And he, I guess he still could. You could always revisit it. This oh, yeah. is a, a one-year deal that makes him a free agent. Maybe, maybe he's not a fit. Maybe it doesn't pan out. I, maybe his game isn't where it once was after this surgery. This is a big deal. Yeah. I look at... Um... At Kane, and it's a one-year deal. And let's say it, it, he produces, you know, close to the projections that you're saying, Frank. You know, he'll be in line for a payday. Like he could easily be Joe Pavelski at, at his age, easily, and get a three-year deal at seven million bucks. Oh, I I agree. I don't think that's been the motivating factor. I think no. he's just a hockey nerd that loves every second of it. But why not play yourself into that spot? Go out and have an 85-point pace season. And you're going to be getting paid. And you're in an original six market that hasn't had a lot of success. If all of a sudden you come in and you help bring the Red Wings, just get back to the playoffs the first year, man. Red Wing fans are just going to be like, we got to sign this guy. To everything. They're going to love him. Like he'll yeah. be an instant fan favorite in Motown. I don't, there's no doubt in my mind. It's a great hockey market. The fans are awesome. Their team has sunk for a while, which is fair. Hey, they had the pre, like, I don't feel sorry for Detroit fans. They had a really good run of like 25, 25 years. years. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. So, but I, I can understand why they say, okay, we we've, we've had some tough years now. Let's get back into the dance and see what happens. By the way, we're not doing the generous guy today. Only once a week from our friends at crown Royal, but, uh, chef. Did you kiss. just do the DeVito? Is that what you're yeah, doing? Right I, I was just, I was chef's kiss to, uh, to Daniel Sprong for his generosity and just giving up the Jersey number 88 becomes number 17. And I, I thought that was watch. the perfect way to he so he just said, look, you can have it. 
didn't like didn't ask for anything no deal well, that's he's gonna get he, something oh yeah that's that's what i'm saying that's he handled it as perfectly as you could yeah what an absolute legend play hey yeah. you can have it no problem you're number 88 you're one of the best of all time all you buddy yeah smart move now frank let's go to I know Patrick Kane's in Detroit, but he was in Chicago. Um, I read your article about uh, Corey Perry and kind of what can you tell us? uh, What are you unearthing on this story? Look, um, this has no doubt been a complicated one to sift through. I think there's been lots of rumor and innuendo. Almost 99% of it has been inaccurate and was glad the Chicago Blackhawks, after letting things linger out there for so long, finally cleared the air and and had dispelled that disgusting rumor that was floating around on social media and for whatever reason still is persisting and is talked about often. Um, but look, this is a fascinating case now, case study. Uh, we, you know, to our knowledge, nothing illegal has happened. And the Blackhawks have made a decision to terminate a contract based on conduct that they felt was inappropriate. And I was told that this was an alcohol fueled event. There were team employees there and we still don't have clarity on exactly what happened, who witnessed it, who reported it. All of those things were left with a lot of questions, but I think one of the biggest ones is did the Chicago Blackhawks because of what they've been through and, and, the sensitivity that they have around their organization to be squeaky clean after being accused of a cover-up of sexual assault um, or proven that they covered up a sexual assault, that we're now in a spot where did the Blackhawks, is there a chance they overreacted here? And I think one of the real problems is, well, first off, we don't have any details. And you've had a player who's had a pretty good reputation who has won just about everything you could in the game as a borderline Hall of Famer, having his contract terminated and kind of his career burnt to a crisp in the last week, where it seems like the NHL is perfectly comfortable allowing teams to terminate contracts and then on the back end, just, ah, whatever, we'll settle it and figure it out later. And that part, I think, is disturbing to a lot of players, agents, and frankly, other team executives who are now wondering, is this fair game or is this open season? That if you, you know, you don't even break a law, we don't know what rule he violated, that you can step forward and terminate a contract. That part is a lingering question that, unfortunately, we'll see if the NHLPA or Corey Perry uh, decides to grieve this but I don't think it's about money. I think it's about precedent. I think it's about being in a spot where did we don't know who investigated this for the Blackhawks. What were the findings? Uh, was there an independent investigation? To have all of this wrapped up in six days and put a neat, tidy bow on it, I get why the Blackhawks would want to act that way because they don't want to be accused the other direction of, of any impropriety. But man, this is it's an interesting precedent to try and set. Well, it is. I like how you worded that, that you're like, okay, we'll terminate the contract and worry about it later. So Corey Perry had a $2 million signing bonus he's already received and uh, basically received about a quarter of the uh, $2 million that was owed to him during the season. So that's 2.5 mil. He's owed about 1.5 million. And so you look at it, I think like if if Corey Perry didn't do anything illegal, right? Maybe made a bad decision that, you know, people have to debate on, I guess, where their moral compass is, because I don't know exactly what the, uh, the situation was. Is that enough to have your your reputation tarnished publicly? You know, you, you the well, the rumors are so stupid that people will, will put out there. And then they, they try to defend it by saying, well, if they just tell the truth, then I wouldn't do it. What? Like, that makes no sense to me. But anyway... Uh, I wonder, Frank, does he, do they challenge it? Like the NHLPA probably more than Perry, because this is not a precedent you want set for any player, but then Perry individually probably would be looked at and other teams would say, well, we'll sign him for a million bucks. So he's not really out much money, but his reputation takes the hit 
And how much is that worth to a person? I think that's going to be the interesting thing here is um, when the real story comes out and, you know, if, you know, if the real story comes out, maybe he decides not to challenge this. And I don't think the PA can grieve it without him being party to it. But I agree, like the reputation part is huge. It's way more than the money. And I, I think there's already teams that are interested and intrigued to see where this goes because Corey Perry was on a 52-point pace this season as a 38-year-old. And obviously the experience he has going to how many Stanley Cup finals in a row are you winning a Stanley Cup, a Hart Trophy, Olympic gold medals? Like he's got quite the resume. Um and now this is lingering. And I mean, think about it this way. We've already had a team terminate a contract of a player, the Los Angeles Kings with Mike Richards, after he was charged for crossing the border with controlled substances. That was an illegal thing. And they terminated the contract and still lost because they had to settle pay cap recapture penalties and Mike Richards is getting 10 and a half million dollars being paid out through 2032. Yeah. He got half his money owed, correct? 50%. But what I'm saying is it's a win for the team because the Kings at that point got off of the contract and the owner is cap hit and had to pay a very small percentage of it. But something illegal was still found in the player's interest to get some money back. Mm-hmm. This, we don't know, doesn't, every piece of intel we have to this point is that there were no laws broken, there's no criminal investigation, there's nothing here in terms of that, to then make the leap and and then terminate that contract, like, that's the real question. Do they, you can't unring the bell, there's, like, what we're saying is there's no chance Corey Perry's going back to Chicago, we know that, but is it okay to just terminate and then, oh yeah, we'll figure it out later. That's what I think the NHLPA should be guarding against is teams shouldn't have the ability to do that. For the test of time, for the test of time, NHL contracts have been ironclad guarantees. And if we're now going in a different direction, I think that's something the PA has to be really concerned about. It is a fair point that, if like, is there a, is there like a moral clause, right? Like, is this, is this well, like it's, mor- it's very vague in, in the NHL standard player contract. Yeah. It doesn't, it says that you will basically have the utmost morality. Well, like who determines what that bar is. Exactly. And the point is more than that. Um, this has never really been invoked to this I- level. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like part I, of what got Evander Kane his termination in San Jose was not just the suspension that he got from the NHL for the uh, fake vaccination card submission. It was also that he didn't report when he was supposed to in the AHL. And yes. failure to report is another way you can have your contract terminated. So even that, though, Evander Kane still got money from the Sharks. Mm-hmm. He was basically made whole from what he got from the Oilers on his new deal and then the settlement from the Sharks. So he didn't actually lose any money. But should the Sharks have been able to get out of his contract and cap it and only pay 50 cents on the dollar? Well, and you bring up the good point. Like Corey Perry, he's he's only owed one point five mil. Like these other guys were owed twenty million dollars, right? So you know when you've made he's made a hundred million dollars in his career. I can guarantee you, if this goes forward, it's not about money. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and that's where it comes down to. And and I can understand because the one the one thing you you have really is your reputation, right? Like money, anything else. Um, and, and sadly, uh, you know, people will try to. To, to rip apart your your reputation without even knowing the facts, which I think is what has occurred here, right? And not even for Perry, for other people that were innocent bystanders, not even involved in it, which is awful. And, uh, you know, hopefully a learning experience, but I'm not holding my breath for society on this one. But And, I, and also I, not saying that he's squeaky clean either. No, no, like, there, not at all. There's obviously some responsibility born on the, on the player here. Um, 
but I, I think we'd be entering new territory depending on what this is. Yeah. That's all. So yeah, like it, it's um like when when you if you try to piece together from reading your article, Frank, Emily Kaplan's, I've read a few of them, and you know what? Um bad decision made while you're drunk, and being drunk is an excuse for bad decisions. I want to clarify that, right? Um, I know that they'll try to, you know, try to use it for that. It all depends on what level of a bad decision was it, right? Like if it's just a moral one. Yeah, we're and we're not we're not gonna even wade into speculating on what that might be. Yeah, well, exactly. So, but it'll be interesting to see. So you think at the end of the day, it's going to be out to Corey Perry if this becomes like a, if everything comes to the front, do you believe? Yes. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is up, boys? I'm back and ready with a new edition of Buy or Sell. Just kidding. It's fill in the blank today. Either way, it's delivered by our friends at DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the app and use the promo code NATION25, all caps, and it's up on the top of your screen if you're watching on our YouTube, NATION25. You guys haven't hit on the Minnesota Wild and their coaching change. They're 1-0 since making the change, so I will ask you, the Minnesota Wild have a blank percent chance of turning this around and making the playoffs. Frank? 60%. 60. It's decent. That's solid. I mean, the West is largely average right now, so I, I, can, I can get behind 60. Jay, what do you say? Ugh. Uh, look at the wild. Where are they? They got 16 points. Now they got a few games in hand. Um, they're not, they're not that far out, right? If they win their game in hand, they're only four back in Nashville. Um, but Edmonton and Calgary ahead of them. I, I don't love their chances. So I will give them more like a 40% chance. A lot of teams to jump, which I mean, later in the year, that could become a problem for now. I mean, you never know what a six or seven game heater can do for you. Uh, let's and talk about Kaprizov, the big question is, yeah. Is Kaprizov going to get back to his level? Like, I don't care who you are as a team. You, you need your best guys going. Yeah, that is fair. Well, let's go from somewhat close to the bottom of the Western Conference to all the way up near the top. The Vancouver Canucks and Vegas Golden Knights going to go head to head tonight. Vancouver just one point back of Vegas. So I will ask you guys, the Canucks have a blank percent chance of winning the Pacific Division this year. Jay? Hmm, percent chance. Um... I'm going to say 10 because I think LA is the best. I think LA is going to win. Really? So you're not even going to say Vegas as your favorite? No. Wow. Interesting stuff. Frank? It's funny. I The number I had in my head was 12. Don't know why, <laughs> but I do think the Kings and Golden Knights are both better. And maybe I was just a year too early. I said the Kings are going to win the division last year. The Kings by points percentage are leading the division. Mm. So good, uh, good call by you. I, I think it's either one of those teams and between Vegas and LA, I think it's a coin flip. Uh, right now, our friends at Patano have updated Pacific division winner odds. The LA Kings are the favorites at plus 125, followed by the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 155, and then the Canucks all the way down at five to one. So it kind of lines up with what you guys were saying. So they're, they're saying 20% essentially, right? 
Uh, it would be when you if the odds get converted weird. It's a one in six chance is kind of what they're giving them at plus 500. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's right, right on the money. What, right, oh, what did I say? 12%? Yeah. You're pretty much bang on. One in six is 16%. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Third one I have for you guys. If you remember back on the uh, on the Monday edition of the podcast, I asked you guys, uh, you know, if you thought there was going to be a big trade in the month of December, you both kind of said, yeah, there's a chance one happens. So I will get more specific on it here. Blank is the most likely team to be involved in a trade in the month of December. Frank? Hmm. The smart money would be on Calgary Mm. just because of the pieces they have and the pending UFAs. Then the next most logical team would be the Toronto Maple Leafs because of their needs on defense. So I think Jay nodding means I'm picking his team, but I'm going to (laughs) say the Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to say armed with the most cap flexibility they've had since Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford took over that now having gotten off of Anthony Beauvillier's contract, they can now make a move for someone that they want. Yeah, I, I said it would happen after Christmas, uh, Ty, but uh, the Vancouver, like just shedding 4 million in cap space, that's pretty good. It's pretty significant as, as far as a cap move, maybe not significant of a player move. So I guess in theory, Frank was right because uh, Beauvillier did get yeah. traded before uh, Christmas time. And it is, that's a lot of cap space to free up for a fifth rounder. Like They're just that, right place, right time for the Canucks. 100%. So I I think Toronto's the team. Like Giordano now injured. They their, their defense core was was thin to begin with. They they got to make move and you know the team that has it would be Calgary. And of course it's the GM former team there. There's you know we can connect a lot of dots here that that would make sense, but I'm not sold it's going to be Calgary to be honest because I think the Flames are starting to play better and they might feel that they're in the mix. So unless it's a hockey trade guys, that and I'm not sure, you know, Toronto, do they have a Ford? Because you know, are you going to give up a Ford on the roster for a guy who's a pending UFA? Unlikely. So, um, I I think it is Toronto looking for a defenseman first. I think that they desperately need one, and it becomes even more desperate with the injury to Giordano. I think the desperation is equal in Van. Like, consider what we're at right now. Susie out. You know, Myler, Myers was banged up. Friedman was out. I mean, they're they're back to dressing guys like Cole McWard and Noah Juleson that they really were trying to get away from this year. I think the need is equal in Vancouver. I think we just hear more in Toronto. Do they just take the uh, the simple route, Frank, and sign free agent Ethan Bear, who played there, and just say, you yeah, know what? I we think can fill a gap there. That's what I, I think. That's, that's an possible. easy route to try. I, I just don't know that Ethan Bear is going to be any different than the player you saw the last couple of years, which is not an impact. He's just a warm body. I would agree. He's he's a third pairing defender on that team at best, right? When they're competitive. So, but it, it could be a good stopgap for that time being, right? I don't I don't think he's going to command big money by any stretch. Of the no, he, he's not. And and but the other thing I'd be concerned about is one of the big question marks about Ethan Bear behind the scenes has been his conditioning. For someone who's been out so long with an injury, does it take him longer to get up to speed? Yeah. Fair question as well. Uh, I had a fourth one because I was worried you guys would hit on one of my topics and you really didn't, but I will throw it your way anyways. Frank, you kind of answered this one earlier in the show. Uh, Patrick Kane will have a blank points per game with the Detroit Red Wings this season. Jason? God, I love Patrick Kane and I love offense. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to say... 1.1. 1.1. Ooh, wow. Over a point per game. Spicy. Frank, what are you saying? Yeah, I said 85. That's also yeah. over a point per game. All right. So, Giddy up. Predicting. Jay, Jay just prices right at me. <laughs> Closest. Well, technically, 1.1, 1. 1. 1, I think, is actually higher than yours. Y- yeah, it is. Yeah. So you would want to go technically lower for prices, right? Cl- closer to the number might be it. Without though. going over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is way too much math for me, so I am out. That'll be a wrap on this week's edition of Fill in the Blank, delivered by DoorDash. So let's talk quickly about the Wild, because I love that Dean Evason made the point that he did with Michael Russo. I thought it was a fantastic interview. So often you see coaches fired, and you never hear from them again until they surface with their next job. And he's like, no, no, I'm not hiding. And I love the attitude that he had. The one quote about, you know, I, I didn't wake up today thinking I'm a shitty coach. I think I'm a bleeping good coach. 
and I'm ready. And I just love that approach. Like he lost his last seven games in a row behind the bench in Minnesota. And if not for that, he would have had a higher points percentage than Jay Woodcroft, who was fired with a 643. Like we're talking about two good coaches now available on the market, ready for their next opportunity. And I think to hear it from Dean Evason about how excited he is to get that chance again. And the, the thought process that he has about this wild team and the insight he shared about Joel Erickson act being their most valuable player and Kirill Kaprizov potentially being hurt. Like that was the entire thing was must read. And uh, so good job on Michael Russo to have the relationship with Dean Evason to meet up with him and, and talk it out and good on Dean Evason to not go into a cocoon and hide. Well, I, you know what? I, I did really like that. And Russo is obviously one of the better reporters in the game. There's no question about it. Um, and uh, Ed Evason, I agree with you, Frank. It is nice to, I think, you know, it's good for your career and it's good for the fans to be like, okay, we hear from the guy rather than just go away and say nothing. You can be frustrated to take a few days, but I obviously think it actually better for the coach to uh, to to reach out and, and say some things if they want, but I look at you know it's interesting, Frank. Here we are, and it's November thirtieth, and at the start of the season, most people felt like the one coach who was you know on the hottest seat was the guy in Ottawa, and they needed a good start. And that here we are, November thirtieth, Frank, and the Ottawa Senators are 29th, and they still haven't made a coaching change. And now Minnesota and Edmonton had maybe higher expectations, but there were expectations in Ottawa. Like, are you surprised nothing's happened yet? Like, is this, is this like days away? Is this inevitable here that we haven't seen a, a change? Like Smith's been there longer than he, than either Woodcroft or Everson and has had less success. So I would say, take it with a grain of salt, considering that you and I on Monday were both saying, and it was more or less based on the comments that Bill Guerin had made to me specifically in Stockholm about how good of a coach Dean Everson is. And then, I think he ended up firing him the same day that our pod came out on Monday. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear the, the backstory of, you know, him going in to meet and he's like, Hey, are you firing me, bud? And he's like, yep. And then they just start crying. Um, that is, that's a, it's an amazing story. Um, but when it comes to the senators, um, I, you know, I was told earlier this week when I checked in, Hey, is there a coaching change coming? And the answer is no change is coming. Hmm. So we'll see. I mean, six, 12 and one last year is what sunk the, the sends and their season. They're yeah. slightly better this year, but still at the very bottom in the Eastern conference in terms of points. Although the blue jackets have a whopping seven games in hand. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, Ottawa's schedule, Frank, I was looking at, because they've only played 17 games. It's such a weird schedule. They're starting in December. They're playing so many more games than other teams. It's kind of crazy. Like they're going to, they're really going to be running them and the Washington Capitals, the same thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see if, and that's harder. Now, not only are you playing catch up, you're doing it with more games in a condensed period of time. Yeah. And so here, the backstory here is pretty simple. When Steve Steos took over and Pierre Dorian was fired, the leadership group of the Sens asked him to settle things down. They said, this has been a dramatic start to the year. Shane Pinto suspended, first round pick forfeited, new owner takes over in September, late September, just before training camp or during training camp. And then we've got a new GM in place that's also our president of Hockey Ops. And they're saying, we want to settle down and we want some stability. So that has been the mission and mandate from Steve Steos has been to try and implement that. Now, on the other hand, you could take a step back and say that because the fan base seems to be calling for DJ Smith's head, because you and I are talking about it on a podcast, because this has continued to dominate the sort of coaching hot seat conversation, that from a pure stability standpoint, Maybe the best way to get stability is to eliminate the noise and move on. 
but they seem committed after 300 and some games behind the Sens bench, second most in team history, that DJ Smith should continue. And I'm not absolving him by any stretch of the imagination, but there should also be a focus and onus and attention placed on the players because yeah. we've gotten a lot of lip service from them about 100%. how this year is going to be different and how it's not DJ Smith's fault. Well, then whose fault is it? You can work hard. And, and I like how that's been sort of the, that has emanated from the sense front offices. Well, like they've never quit on DJ Smith and they've given us an honest effort every night. That's the baseline yeah. to me in the NHL. You show up with a lunch pail and you put your hard hat on and you go to work. And they are quite literally, as we saw this week, between the Sens and Panthers in the fight. But cut down on bad mistakes and careless mistakes and start producing. So I, I personally think the attention should be shifted a bit since they're asking for it right to the players. There is some validity. Hey, the players are the ones who play the game. And uh, I think they're, they're still not a very sound defensive team, Frank. And you know, when, when, there's only so many systems you can play. That's just a fact, right? So you, you can, you can maybe blame the structure, the coaching staff, whatever. I, I do wonder sometimes, you know, does the message get stale? Is it not being communicated properly? How are you? Because they haven't taken any steps forward this year. You can argue they've taken a step back as a group. I think that's probably more of an accurate portrayal on what's happening in Ottawa. And so there, there is a lot of onus on the players for sure. And maybe that, maybe that's what they're doing is they're just saying, Hey, it'd be easy to fire the coach, but you guys got to play better or, or at least play more committed first. We'll see. But I, I wonder if, if that ship sailed, right? Like when, when, when you're losing all the time and you have the same voice, Frank, I just think it, it becomes groundhog day. That doesn't matter what's said. I, I just, what's the excuse for the Red Wings being head and shoulders above you? What's the excuse for the Montreal Canadiens being ahead of you? There's a whole, the Philadelphia Flyer, like there's a whole list of teams that you could look at and say, even just in the East, the Sens have drastically underperformed. Yeah. All, I think the Sens have a better roster construction than a lot of those teams, and yet they have no results to speak of. And that, that part is tough. Yeah, it's totally valid. Frankie, uh, before we go, just to remind everybody to go to dailyfaceoff.com and get in on the Wendy's Survivor Pool. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the uh, Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Rewarding you with weekly prizes and their new limited edition chicken strips and French toast sticks. Sometimes the best teammates are the ones you'd least expect. So sign up today. For the uh, Daily Face-Off Survival Pool, you can win weekly prizes. And, of course, at the end, you could win $5,000 in cash from Wendy's. Sign up at the Wendy's app or dailyfaceoff.com. How are you doing, Frank? Uh, better this week? No, I got slaughtered on the first night. Tim Stutzla, one assist. That's all you needed. One assist, Timmy, Timmy Stu. He's got 17 and 17 games. Nope. No dice no. for me, but... Uh, I'll tell you what, though, I do want to take a chicken strip and put it with a French toast stick. Of course, and in my car while I'm driving, get one of those syrup cups and dip and, it in. Oh yeah, it's like the it's like the poor man's uh, chicken and waffles. <laughs> I've never had chicken and waffles. Is that a oh, thing? Oh my States? god, you're missing out. Yeah, it's a southern thing. Really? Fried Is it chicken. A is it yeah, uh, it's a brunch. It's a brunch it's thing. A brunch. Okay. Fried chicken, a big piece of fried chicken and a waffle. Slather up the waffle and butter and throw some syrup on there. And do you put the do you put the chicken on top of the waffle or just beside and you cut it together? You either one. Oh. Hmm. I like syrup. I like chicken. I like waffles. So although I'll, I'll admit, I'm much more of a French toast fan. I find waffles are you eat a lot, but you don't get filled. I don't know why. I just waffles have never. I find French toast and pancakes way better than waffles. I love French toast sticks. Crispy, delicious, easy to handle. No knife or fork required. Yeah, I've never had one of those either. So 
Like I love French toast, but I've never had a French toast stick. I might have to stop in a Wendy's. Oh man. It was like a, uh, that was a breakfast staple for me growing up. Come downstairs before school, throw a couple French toast sticks in the microwave from the freezer on your way, buddy. So what French toast sticks are like, they come in a bag in the freezer and you just put them in the yeah, toaster. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But we never had those in Canada. Or at least I'm, you know, I never, you definitely I never have them. those. They, they I've, Tyler, get back in here. You're, do you have, have you seen French toast sticks at the freezer? In Canada? I, I used to have them as a kid. I, I don't know if they still make them now, Greg's, but when I was like 10, Ego used to make like a kind of French toast sticks. You just throw in the, yeah, I remember Eggos, but I don't remember the French toast sticks, but dude, it just <laughs> yeah. means you're old. That clearly. So yeah, they, uh, you know, like back in the day for me, Frank, we just made homemade French toast. That's kind of how it was. All right. We'll talk to you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.